Welcome to Rocking Your Prayers. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now, here is a question for you. Can social media undo sexism? Egypt is one of the most patriarchal countries in the world. 90% of men say that a woman should tolerate violence to keep the family together. 70% of women concur. Entrenched sexism perpetuates female seclusion and thereby obstructs female solidarity. Women who speak out continue to be punished under patriarchal authoritarianism. Now, a new paper in Nature examines whether these attitudes can be changed through social media messaging. Before getting to their data, I think we should first understand the Egyptian context, starting with male honour. Male honour is primary, and it depends on female chastity. So I recommend, I'm going to draw here on a nice survey called the Images Survey, where they ask people right across the Middle East and North Africa a bunch of questions about gender. So, in this representative survey, 86% of men are so concerned about their reputations that they would, hypothetically, defend it by force. So, male honour really matters. Moreover, 95% of men say that their honour is affected by their female relatives' clothing and behaviour. A third say honour killings should go unpunished. So an honour killing is whereby a woman does something deemed inappropriate, offending a man's honour, and so those what, uh, a man from that family would kill her to avenge their honour, right? To remove the stain from their name, but, you know, disassociating with her. Now, young Egyptian men are just as likely to endorse patriarchy as their grandfathers. So the images survey, they survey people who are rich, poor, educated, urban, rural, you know, young, old, and there's very little difference in men's gender beliefs. Whether a man lives in a city, whether he's young, whether he's rich, no difference. That tells us that patriarchy is extremely entrenched. None of the channels like urbanization or education, development or, or, or modernization, are dislodging that patriarchy. Egyptian husbands overwhelmingly say that they control their wives' movements, control what they wear, and expect sex on demand. So, uh, 93% of men will say that he wants to know where his wife is at all times. 98% of men will say they do not allow their wife to wear certain clothes. 91% of men say they will control when their life, wife can leave the house. 96% of men will say that they expect their wife to agree to have sex when he wants. Violence is also widespread. So a third of Egyptians were beaten at home with an object and over two-thirds were beaten by their teachers. Sexual harassment is also extremely widespread and women are typically blamed. So 74% of men and 84% of women say that women who dress provocatively de deserve to be harassed. 40% uh, say that women who are in public places at nighttime are pretty much asking to be harassed. Psychologically, this seems to have a huge toll. So around 40% of Egyptian women report crying spells, 
40% also report nausea, 40% also report loneliness, around 40% of women in, in Egypt re- report fear, feeling fearful, another 40% report depression, and another 40% report low appetite. So women, Egyptian women, a large, almost half Egyptian women are really suffering psychologically, seriously suffering psychologically. And Egypt is caught in what I call the patrilineal trap, that men's honour is maintained through female seclusion, because that removes any and all rumours of female impropriety. And given weak job creation and low available earnings, there is little pecuniary incentive for female employment. So families would rather safeguard their reputations. Thus, Egypt has one of the lowest rates of female labour force participation in the world. My previous podcast was about India, where the national average female rate of labour force participation is 24. In Egypt, it's 15. Only 15% of women are in the labour force. 85% of Egyptian women are out of the labour force. On top of this, under authoritarianism, LCC has repressed feminist activism. Feminist NGOs have been under travel bans, they've had their assets frozen, courts continue to punish women for impropriety, legitimizing victim blaming. So let me quote Salma al Hassini. Uh, she says, in 1920, at least nine women were arrested and charged with, I quote, violating Egyptian family values, end quote. In July 2020, at least three women were sentenced to two or three years imprisonment and fined about $20,000 for their social media content, which was singing and dancing to pop songs on TikTok. The prosecution statement announcing the arrest of the women's social media influences laid out the charges which included, and I quote, sexually arousing men by, by, and I quote, singing and dancing in a way that attracts attention, which has threatened, and I quote, national and social security and corrupted our society and values. So women were imprisoned for being provocative, singing songs on TikTok. So this culture of honour is reinforced from the top down and the bottom up. Most Egyptian women remain secluded, surveilled and reliant on patriarchal guardians. They have little opportunity to gather with other women and critically reflect on prevailing inequalities. So now comes this big question. Can social media erode sexism? So a new paper in Nature by uh, Fotini Christia, uh, Horatio Laragai, uh, Elizabeth Parker Magia, and Manuel Quintero, they, they examines the effectiveness of gender sensitization. So they were an Egyptian women's rights organization provided two months of edutainment about gender-based violence via WhatsApp, Facebook, and television. Participants received regular reminders, which indeed prompted them to watch it. So lots of people watch this programming. Did it make any difference? Did it work? No. Not at all. Women who received the content were no more likely to condemn yelling, endorse marital equality, or expect equal decision-making. So even if an Egyptian feminist preaches about gender equality, it falls flat. And to be honest with you, I am not surprised. Failure is precisely what we should expect, given Egypt's patrilineal trap. Male honour remains primary. Given weak job growth, earnings are low. 85% of women are at home. Peers continue to normalise male violence. An authoritarian government cracks down on dissent. 
So the big message, I think, really is that patriarchy isn't easily fixed. And that's why, to be honest with you, I expect the great gender divergence to continue. I don't think it can be changed. Um, Yeah, so that's a kind of depressing podcast. I apologise for that. One more thing, I need to make an apology. I did something really embarrassing. Uh, Two podcasts ago, I discussed Timur Karan's book on Freedoms Delayed, about Islamic law in the Middle East, and I said something embarrassing. I said waqfs, and I was talking to my Turkish friend, and I was telling her, and I was asking her about waqfs, and she had no idea what I was talking about. Apparently, I mispronounced it. It's waqfs, waqfs. I had to spell it out, so it's W-A-Q-F, and it's waqf, not waqfs. <laughs> so, uh, if any of my Muslim friends were listening, I apologize, and I'm a massive idiot. Um, Anyway, with with that in mind, um, wishing you all the best, so take care. Thank you.